Hi and welcome to Beyond All My Expectations. Today we have with us the chef, Wumi Dorosimietti. Hi, Wumi, how are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Not bad. Uh, how's your day been so far? Ooh, my day has been one of those... Okay, so I got up randomly when I heard the bin men outside. I was like, oh, the bins are not out. <laughs> they were my alarm for this morning, so... That got me up and then it's it's been a slow one I've not really been productive so to speak but I've gotten the basics done you know your basic just morning care kind of vibe I've done that and that's important literally just before I came on I had a call that kind of just threw, you know when something just throws you off because you're like oh that is not something that I was hoping for to happen so I'm just a bit like oh but then mentally, I was also like, oh, I can't deal with this now. Mentally, I can't process the information I've been given because I have to do this. So I was just like, you know what? You're just going to push into the end of what you've got planned as it is. And then you will address those emotions after. So that's kind of where I am mentally right now. Oh, my God. Bless. Yeah, no, I feel that where you're just like, you know what? This is not on my calendar. So we're just going to have to table it until I sort out everything that I plan. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, life can do that. It can do that a lot. I feel like that was, well, no, my morning has been a bit uh, interesting because I got up really early and I was meant to like just get up and go for a walk at like seven. But, you know, we end up mm. lounging in bed and I was like, how is it? And then I was like, I need to play catch up and get things done. But here we are. No, we're good. We're here. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to have what we do is just introduce her, herself properly as we have our guests do and just tell us who she is, what she does and what Angry Black Kitchen is all about. I love these. No, you don't usually introduce yourself and then when you have to, you're like, oh, do I say that? Do I say this? Okay, so I'm Wumi Josumieti, as Nikki said. I am a chef and a food business owner, 28 years old, based in London and... Yeah, that's that's who I am. I run a business called Angry Black Kitchen. It's many things, but it's all things food. In that's the best way, best way to word it. It's all things food. It started off as an events catering business. I lied. It started off as a YouTube channel, then it turned into an events catering business. And with the onset of the pandemic and the lockdowns, it's kind of pivoted into home delivery service online cook-alongs, recipe kits, and now just recently launched cooking products range of like sauces, condiments, seasonings, and the likes. Yeah, so that's what I am and what I do, really. I just say that same honestly, um, because you, like, <laughs> listening to this, I'm like, this is the queen of pivot and, you know, I'm just <laughs> growing a business through movement because I think the first time I encountered your service was, I think, uh, maybe a Black Ballad event. So maybe a few okay. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. I, you know, I used your service with, for events catering and I've also done a cook along and also, you know, now into the products business. Again, when I say I'm in her DMs, I think, you know, the first thing that struck me and we can't, you know, not talk about this was the name of the business. Because I was like, Angry Black Kitchen what is this about so can you just mm-hmm. talk to us about the inception of the name and why you chose to stay with it I love this question I always say that the business name is a conversation starter and that is kind of like the basis of how it came about so we're gonna have to like rewind to like 2017 2016 I my name is Wumi as we know and I started going by the name Angry Black Wumi which was a play on the stereotype a wordplay on the stereotype Angry Black Woman and I kind of did it at the time it was my little way of being like a SJW it was my little social justice thing and I was someone that was always met with that stereotype like everywhere I went every kind of environment that wasn't around my own people that was in 
it just always landed on me. I'm a very assertive, know what I want, do what I want person. And in the main world, that's just not how black women should be. Who are you to do that and all of this? I'm not a smiley, smiley girl. You see me most times, I'm going to have a very straight face just by default. It's just, I don't know. That's just my persona. It's who I am. That was kind of where that came about. Angry Black Woman was born off of me just being tired of all of that. It became like my own little personal brand. That, that was kind of the reasoning behind that. And then I started my YouTube show called Cook Talks with Angry Black Woman, which was a, I got to put two of my favourite things together, which was cooking and talking about things that affect our community. And I'm very vocal on how I feel about my blackness and being black in anywhere and everywhere. Very pro-black, doesn't mean anti-white, but very pro-black across like you you meet me you have conversations with me you kind of know where I stand on that yeah. kind of scale and so I started cook talks which was just an opportunity for me to mesh my two favorite things cooking and talking about things that affected our community and things that needs to be discussed discussed within our community with people only from our community and after that I got a lot of people like oh my god your cooking is amazing this that, and the other I want to you know do something I want you to cook for us and I was like oh no that's not that's not my bag that's not what I'm trying to do and then I did a little event off the back of my cook talk show in 2018 I think it was in 2017 I can't remember one of the two no it was 2017 and it was literally cook talks kind of live thing but it was literally just you coming to eat food in my house everyone loved it everyone loved the food oh well you need to cook for this thing for me you need to do that for me and I think going that was 2017 and going into 2018 I went to applied for like the last job proper job that I really had and I was like you know what I'm going to do some of the cooking stuff with it but I needed a name no idea what I was gonna call this so I called my little sister and I was like oh I, I need to I think it was just because I wanted to start an Instagram page not even more the business just an Instagram page yeah. I was like what am I gonna call the Instagram page and she was we spoke for a little while and she was like it's angry black woman's kitchen and then she was like, it's Angry Black Kitchen. I was like, it's Angry Black. And in that moment, it wasn't even a thing where we mulled over or I thought about it. It just made all the sense. It was off hand. It slid off the tongue really weird. It was smooth on the tongue and it made sense if you knew who I was. And like the name, it was definitely something that you're you're going to stop, look at it and be like, well, hold up. What's that? What's that's what I want. Yeah you're going to remember it it's kind of inevitable it's very in your face so yeah that was it and the Instagram page was made and then when I started posting on the Instagram I'd get oh how do I order how do I do this da, 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 da. can I book you and I was like oh, this is not meant to be a business it's just meant to be an Instagram and then going into the 2018 I think so I started a job and the week later the man was like actually so it was like a small private company the, the premise of it was the job didn't really work and I remember that was February and I worked at that man's office for like a week oh, wow. and at the end of it he he was like you know what this is my fault not your fault I'm gonna pay for the whole month so this man gave me a whole month's salary after me doing like five days of work and it just put me in a place that was like how many times am I gonna deal with me being able to pay, pay bills being in someone else's hands yeah and I was just like you know what there's there is a demand for what I do outside of you know this it was very much still me trying to figure it out but at the same time that scenario and those series of events threw me into it and I was just like yeah I do catering now and 
I reached out to a few people. So there were like people that were doing smaller black events. And I reached out to a few of them and I was like, oh, I'd love to, you know, cater for this thing. So I think one of my first official bookings or something was for a black owned charity organization. And I was like, you know, I want to offer my service. I just, I saw it as a way as if I did this for you, it would kind of come back on me really good and whatnot so I did that and then I got a few other little ones that year and that year was just very much establishing myself and figuring out how I wanted to market myself quite frankly get to which year was it that I had the first big black history I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 mm, yeah it was summer 2018 I went to okay so get to about black <laughs> stream month and I was like okay yeah this is cute and whatever but I need the big monies and yeah. then I was like yeah I, I remember coming back from a holiday 20 summer 2018 was when we went to that was Afro Nation so coming back from holiday and having no idea what I was going to I've had the best summer in a long time I was like oh my god now I have to get real serious with this business and I sat down with my friend Tiny and he came around one day and he he showed me what was his pitch, not pitch deck, info pack yeah. for his services. So he's a musician and an MC. I saw that and he sent it to me and he was like, make it Angry Black Kitchen. And we sat down that day and I made it Angry Black Kitchen. And it was the first time I'd kind of, some of the things I put on there was me speaking in advance. Like I was like, yeah, we do catering and we do this and we do that. Very much overselling things I had not done. And I have a habit yeah. of doing that. I will say I can do something that I know I've not done yet. But I also figure it out. Very capable of doing it. Exactly. I figure it out as I go. So I was like, yeah, I do this, 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 and this. And I sat down with my friend. Oh, sorry, I've got an Alexa device here that's going to pick up everything. Bear with me. I sat down with my friend. I called my friend Georgette and I was like, I've made this info deck. I sent it to her. She was like, yeah, it's amazing. Georgette is always, Georgette is always in my corner. And I was like, how do I get it to people? No, she was like, now you have to send it to people. I was like, how? And she, she showed me this way that you could, if you could think of a company, find out the name of someone in there from their LinkedIn and the company they work at, and then kind of reverse figure out their email address. I cold emailed a whole bunch of places telling them, yeah, prepping for Black History Month. Just wanted to let you know, these are the services we offer at Angry Black Kitchen. la di da di da di da di da I got six corporate bookings for October 2018 and I saw the most money that I'd ever seen from like Black History Month in that sense and I was like oh is is that easy I say it's that easy but a lot of work went into it I mean but it was a matter of actually then make the thing <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it was very much a this is how it goes like you put yourself out there you let people know what you do and people are gonna buy it. and they bit I did Twitter headquarters that year I did Mediacom I did Deloitte twice Acast which is a podcast network place. Yeah. yeah network yeah I did a few and I was like wow this is a lot this is crazy and in the midst of doing all of that I was still doing like smaller party catering and stuff like that and yeah and so the name Angry Black Woman grew into the business Angry Black Kitchen. And the general question every single time was, why the name? Everywhere I went, 
why the name and I've always said to people apart from the fact that it was birthed out of something that was very personal to me I stuck with it because it's a conversation starter that you you're going to ask the question and in you asking that question you're going to end up being educated by me on the history of the name and the stereotype and why it's so important that even you as a person hiring me whose business is very clearly something so polarizing it shows that you're willing to learn so it's my own little way of fighting for something that you know I'm not ready to go out and be a martyr but it's my little fight in my little corner so I really love the name also because there is we're seeing this world where ownership of the kitchen is being had by men so we look at you know the Michelin stars and the bigger chefs and we're just seeing more men and men in in those spaces but we're still having women being told to stay in the kitchen or you know seeing certain roles this I guess the irony of you paying, you know, more men to be in the kitchen, but wanting women to do it for quote for free in a sense, you know, this free free labor. But also there's the layer of, you know, the idea of the kitchen as when we attach women to the kitchen, there's a domesticity, there's meant to be like this cuddle coddling and you know, home and smiley, angry like kitchen. I was like, this is it's playing on so many different parts of, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, beyond the the obvious, you know, angry black woman. I was like, there's so many layers of, you know, what it re- represents for womanhood in the kitchen space, and you know, the different ways we're meant to or we are supposed to be, particularly, you know, in this domestic space. Absolutely. So some delicious food comes out of angry black kitchen. Now, your story of how you started is absolutely fantastic to me because there's so many layers of, you know, one is, you know, one championing up by friends. There's situations with work, but there's also, you know, you just stepping on faith. Now, I want to talk about you stepping in faith because going from like, I'm just going to do some blind emails to I book six jobs. How, what was it like actually catering those six jobs? Because, you know, at this point you hadn't really started the business in in the sense of like, we're set up to do this. So you were thinking staff, we're thinking transportation, so logistics. So what was the actuality of catering those, you know, you know, I know they were doing the smaller events, but what, what did it take to actually make those six events happen? That's a great question because now when I kind of like mentally travel back to that time, I had no idea how I was going to do it. But like I said before, I knew I was going to do it. It's very much my nature to do things that have not been done before because this is who I am. But I will say having a great support system, like I had friends, my friend Lillian, for instance, came and she helped me for a few days with some of the cooking because some of them were like back to back. And it's funny you ask that because in that period as well, so I did most of the jobs and, and I just got them done. So I drive. So I was just like, you know what, I'm going to get in a car. It's a matter of, let's go back. It's actually a matter of knowing how to position yourself because quite frankly, there were some of the jobs that I knew after staying up all night to cook in, because some of these events are corporate events, you know, saying they've got a Black History Month event and they have a talk at 10 a.m. Yes. That means I have to be up really early to cook for 60 people. <laughs> and then you have all these things that you want. So I'd stay up all night cooking. And I realized pretty early on, one of the smartest things to do was to get them to also pay for my transportation. So mm-hmm. I, in my invoice, I'd include the fee of whatever my taxi is going to cost. And I did that with some and I didn't do that with others. And that's kind of where I messed up, but we'll get to that in a second. So in terms of actually doing it, it was a lot of no sleeps, a lot of late nights, a lot of just 
being in the kitchen and, and, and I'm very meticulous in the kitchen. I think that's very much my saving grace yeah. when it comes to what I do and what I'm able to execute. I'm a methodical person. So in cooking, in organizing myself, I'm very, very methodical. So it, it makes everything very smooth for me. So one of my weaker skills is actually like distributing work to others. So like if someone is there helping me, I'll very much just be doing, doing, doing. And then they'll be like, what should I do? And I'm like, oh. Um, well, yeah. and that's something I'm working on but um, I'm very methodical so I think the fact that I'm so methodical and meticulous in the kitchen is kind of the reason why I find it hard to delegate because to me it's like if I do this 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 way I'm going to get it done um, yeah. but you also have to admit you cannot do it all by yourself especially when you're doing that much in such a small space of time yeah so there's the the methods to the madness there's the support of friends and family and then there's you know just being logical so logical in the sense that the day I did Twitter I knew that I was up all night and even before I was just like yeah so you're gonna have to pay for my taxi they paid they, they were like yeah that's fine no problem I invoiced them for that I just put it on the invoice and I was able to sleep in the uber there and the uber back so I kind yeah. of got and then we got to it was like the end of black history month and there was some that was like okay these ones are spaced out I don't need to add uber money or I, I just charge them a mileage for delivery. And where I kind of messed up was the, I think this was like the last few days of Black History Month. I was on my way to the second booking I had at Deloitte that month. And I fell asleep behind the wheel for like 8.2 seconds and my car crashed. Um, <gasps> oh, no. I completely written off. <laughs> completely written off. Oh, and no. didn't make it there had to refund them all their money so it was a lot of <laughs> awful things happening at like the best month in my life in such a yeah. long time the worst thing that could happen happened I crashed my car very much it was very much like yo you're doing so well but I'm gonna test you and yo I nearly killed you but you survived <laughs> Well, it's the sense of um, you, know, you weren't taking care of yourself, and this is the balance of what yeah. can I do and where do I need help that we need to get to. Exactly, it was very much a thing where if you had just said to them, "Yeah, they need to pay for a taxi," they wouldn't have thought twice about it. So why didn't you do that? But it was also a thing where you know you're trying to do so much at once, and you're not you're not thinking as logical as you should be. Hence, why this is these are the little things that make you realize you cannot do these things by yourself and the crazy thing was the next day I still had a book in and then this is where friendships kind of come into it because the next day so my friend that was actually at one of my friends that was at home with my daughter that night we get back with the AA truck on my absolutely totaled car and the food's still in the boot at the back of this car yeah <laughs> the ones that hadn't spilled <laughs> in the get home and I just kind of you know when you just you're home like I hadn't yeah. processed any of those emotions that whole AA ride home this was like on the M4 just wow. as you come off Chiswick and I live in Uxbridge so yeah. then they the guys spun back you know it's taking me home it's taking me 20 minutes I'm on the phone to or messaging two of my best friends Georgette and Ebenezer and I'm just they're, they're talking me through I think Georgette calls me and was like what the fuck I'm like girl <laughs> um <laughs> it was an accident what happened who hit you I'm like I think I fell asleep <laughs> like just explaining it to everyone I'm just like they were like oh woman, well, what the but get home and my friend Chelsea's at home and I open the door and they're like yo why are you back and then they see the car no I think I'd 
No, I don't know if I've messaged them. But they see the car. Chelsea and Lilian see the car. And Chelsea hugs me. And I just break down. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this whole month has just taken it all out of me. I break down. Um, And it's the day before my last booking of the month to, like, round up the month. And I'm just like, it was a lot. And I was just like, anyway, I need to prep for tomorrow. And they were like, no, you don't. You need to sleep. So I'm like, okay, I eat some of the food that we managed to salvage in the car. Went to sleep. Um, Woke up the next day really early because I still had one more booking. No idea how I was going to get there. Chelsea calls me. She says, okay, yes, I'm going to drop you there. I was like, yeah, fine, no problem. And she drops me. So I get the food done. She picks me up. She drops me at the thing get it done do it smile on my face knowing very much that <laughs> my car is totaled and all the money i've made this month probably gonna go towards all and of that and then my friend that's staying at home with my daughter so at this period in time finances were a bit hoo-ha and the bailiffs are at my door she calls me when i'm at this job the bailiffs are at my door and i need to pay 500 pounds wow i was like two days in a row guard like wow and so i'm like okay no problem they're like yeah they're not gonna go this that the other la 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 so we paid the 500 pounds 500 pounds that would have gone towards me sorting out my car and whatnot oh well so i've refunded a client like 800 pounds a day before i've lost 500 pounds my car is totaled only god knows what that's gonna cost so all these things happened and and this was in my first month of doing right. this. Yeah. It was almost as if the universe was telling me in a very short space of time, these are the things, kind of things that can happen. Are you ready for this journey? Yeah. Because those things happening one after the other after the other is not intense. Coincidence. It's very intense, but that is what business is. A friend of mine said to me the other day, it's like a series of fires in a house and you just have to keep putting them out. But in that moment, it was like the whole house was on fire. And it was very, as far as I'm concerned, it was very much a test of my perseverance and my determination. And is this really what you want to do? Because this is how it's going to be. And I remember knowing that I've just paid £500 over the phone to the bailiff leaving the venue of the last event, walking to King's Cross Station, standing very close to the tracks and be like, if I just jump now, it'll be okay. I kid you not. Like, that is one of the two times in my whole life that I've considered topping myself, so to speak. Um, Also, very, very, very big phobia of death. So deep, deep down, I knew I wasn't going to do it. Yeah. in that like moment when you, you, you need like a pause you just like can like just pause for a second yeah and I stood there and I'm seeing this Hammersmith and City Line train coming towards me and I'm crying and I've got my bags trying to get home with my trays of empty food and whatnot and I'm just like what is this and as I've said to you now I was like oh yeah it was obviously a test in that moment it felt like the whole world was against me I didn't see no test I didn't see no no lesson I saw hate and you know you're not worthy it's not gonna work yeah and it's not gonna work and all these other things and I was just like yeah no mm -mm, that doesn't sound right so no it wasn't right got on the train cried all the way home got home acted like it was fine and went back to the drawing board 
so you can do figured it out continued continued with the catering and yeah I, I think that first month of business taught me all the lessons that have allowed me to get through everything that's happened over the past what year and a half now and I truly reckon if that didn't happen then at a time where it was like you you didn't know what was looming in in a, like a year and a half to come you were just like everything's meant to go well everyone else's life is fine why is mine going to shits if I hadn't gone through that then I probably would have absolutely crumbled down so yeah that's wow. how I was kind of going from not doing anything to being thrown into it and and in that one four-week period I was taught all the things that could go wrong with business and the biggest lesson or my biggest takeaway from that is that you really have to thoroughly be committed to what you're doing like you have to be doing it not just for money but because you know this is what you're meant to be doing for you to get through it and that's how I got through those first four weeks and that's why we're now on going on what three years now yeah oh wow look I feel like <laughs> like I know I haven't, I haven't reacted so much but that as a your first month being like oh I owe yeah. money my car is totaled I that's intense um and I think you know what you said here about wanting having that passion for the business beyond just the financial is so important I think people take it into consideration maybe abstractly when they go into start businesses but it's like the reality of it is like I think the reality is what really lets you know if you're in this (laughs) or if you're if maybe you you know you need a break or you need to try something else what I'm fascinated by is you know we get the first four weeks what were the next four weeks like what was going back to the drawing board like for you what did that mean in the reality Uh, of I'm trying to think I remember there was a period there was obviously so this was end of October and I didn't get my car till early ish I think just before Christmas I didn't get a new car so I'm on the phone I'm trying to sort out my insurance I'm trying to sort out you know getting mine's the payout or whatever they call that stuff getting the money they're like yeah it's gonna be x amount I was like amazing and then they say but we're gonna take out this 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 and this and then there was hardly anything left so I was like wonderful trying to get bookings so that I can actually pay for the things that I know that I inevitably need to pay for and so the next four weeks was very much there was a lot of wallowing but I wasn't in a place where I could just sit and wallow so it was working and wallowing so I remember I had to I remember getting up and getting the bus to Ealing to go and get a shopping trolley because I go to Costco I go to the market I do this these are how I get all the things I use to to cook and this is why having a car is so important to me like I couldn't do any of this if I didn't have a car but in in that following four weeks the next test was okay you don't have your car you're probably not going to have one for a hot minute can you still do it yeah and I did so like I said it's like it's not like the next four weeks were any easier it was very much a pushing through I can't remember what event it was I had but I had an event that I needed to I can't remember if they came to pick I can't remember the ins and outs of it but there was an event that I did in that period and I remember coming out of like getting to Costco the lady saying yeah you can't take a shopping trolley and you have to leave it by the door and I'm like wow hell. so I leave it by the door go into Costco get the things I need to do come out then and go then... back to where she is pack up my trolley and as I'm packing my trolley I'm crying because I'm like why is this happening to me like crying I remember walking to the bus stop it was cold it was you know 
you know, British winter. It was winter, cold. yeah. It was November. It oh. was cold. And I'm there like, is this even worth it? What am I doing? What's the point? Getting home and realizing still can't sit and wallow. You have to cook. You have to email clients. You have to, you have to figure it out. You have to keep pushing. Like there's literally no no time for me to not to like I processed it and I was angry at it but there's no time to like sit with those feelings because me like you said I am everything me sitting with those feelings means nothing is going to get done so we're still pushing through so it's the whole getting going out to do the shopping with the trolley being cold getting the bus everywhere I hate public transport I'm a bit of a snob can't stand it figuring out how I'm going to get to do these deliveries or how you know having to tell customers they have to come and pick it up I think the following period they were more personal booking so it meant that I didn't have to yeah it meant I could liaise with the customers and get them to come and collect and whatnot tell a lie I definitely had a a booking that was a corporate one but they paid for my uber there and back so it didn't seem as daunting yeah so the following four to six weeks were trying and then I was dealing with all the stuff with my insurance and then telling me, well, technically we need to take out the money that you're meant to pay for the rest of the the, the insurance year, which was a huge chunk of the money. So by the time they took all of that out, there was barely nothing left. I was like, bro, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's how insurance works. So it was just a lot of back and forth with me trying to figure out a car, looking at insurance for a new car and realizing that having this crash meant my insurance was gonna go sky high is it what and the the reoccurring theme during all these periods of time was is it worth it and then when I looked at it and when I look at it now to me it was like I knew I was not going back to a place where I needed to answer to someone or someone would tell me I have to do x y and z or you know being able to pay bills was in someone else's hands like I'd gotten to a place where I knew what I was capable of because in one month I'd made you know what I wouldn't have made in a normal job for like six months do you get what I mean like on like a really basic because I'm a parent as well so for most jobs for me it was a matter of I would they'd either be part-time or they'd be lower paying jobs just so that you know Yeah. yeah Flex and it was it wasn't worth it. So what eighteen hundred pound a month salary when a month where I could have what eight k in one month if I really put all my effort in. It was really about weighing it up. So the constant answer I got when I was like, "Is it worth it?" was yes. This is what I'm good at, innately good at. Like I'm so good at it, but and I'm borderline it's minimal effort so if I put more effort in imagine what you could do it and that was like it was very much a devil and angel thing going on there it was like yeah it's not worth it just go and find a job but then you will be sitting down looking for a job for like three to six months and then you'll not find anything yeah so or you could hustle real hard and figure it out as you go along and do what you know you're good at weighed it up made sense kept pushing through bought a car like this was like in the following six week period and it was just like in that moment when I bought a car I remember I had a booking for one of my friend's daughter's birthday yeah I think that was one of the bookings I remember getting on the getting an uber to her house I live in West London she lives in Essex wow 
she's paying me to cater for the daughter's birthday and so I'm gonna do it um and I needed the money I was like I need to do as many bookings as I could and getting and then I remember getting the train back with my daughter because I'd taken my daughter because my daughter it was a birthday party so we're on the train back and I'm sitting there like rah I'm about to get the train from Essex all the way the way West London west london the, the the edge of west london like, <laughs> that's that's a long journey but and i remember that train ride that day i was just very much like yeah gotta figure it out gotta figure it out and i'm grateful for that the reason i even remember that was because like two weeks later she booked me again for i think one of her siblings birthdays and yeah. i remember calling her up and being like could you pay the full money early because i'm going to pick up my car today and so it was the fact that she paid me early that I was able to get my car that day so it was just all these little things that like things fell into place so as much as the the reoccurring theme was is it worth it I was also given loads of kind of little opportunities for the universe to kind of let me know that I'm looking out for you as long as you're putting in the work and so yeah the, the the following period was trying but also reassuring yeah the the trying times and the reassuring the reassurance kind of went hand in hand well, I think, you know, yeah, that's, I don't want to say inspiring, but it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's great to hear sort of these, you know, I think there's some strategic thinking here in terms of, okay, I'm going to keep going because at the end of the day, I see what the potential is here versus, you know, what I know, what I know to be quote unquote steady and, you know, which is, yeah. but it's also I'm, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. And I think I want to tap into that passion. So you know, we've talked about you starting the YouTube channel, migrating into a business, but what we haven't talked about is what is your connection to cooking? When did you think this is something that I, I own this space, essentially? What was it that made you think I can own this space of being in, you know, in the kitchen with food and developing it? It's so funny when people ask this question, my answer is never what people expect. My love for cooking comes from an innate love, absolute adoration for the consumption of food. I mm -hmm. love eating food. <laughs> I think that's a Amazing. good enough reason. <laughs> I love to eat food, different food, different flavors, different cultures. I think food tells so many stories and it's just something I've always loved. When I was younger, it was like, I just, my mom, okay, let me even go back. When I was younger, my mom ran her own little small scale catering business. And so I was always in the kitchen, but in the kitchen, what was I doing? I was like cutting onions and washing. <laughs> washing and peeling and all of that. And as I grew, it kind of became a thing where I did a lot of the cooking and my mom is the blueprint, quite frankly, very methodical, very meticulous, very organized, very persevering. And watching her do that, I think subconsciously is what has got me through the business aspect of it for me. But my mom was always cooking. So therefore, if your mother is always cooking, the child is always going to be eating. And I loved, like I said, I loved food to the extent that, like, I remember when my mom would dish my food and my sister's food and I'd hoover it up. And my sister is a slow eater. Right. She's taking her time. And my mom was one of those people, it's, 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 hurry up. Why are you wasting my time? Yeah. And <laughs> my sister always felt under so much pressure. So she, guess who helped my sister? <laughs> So I'd 
eat that too. So yeah, so it was very much watching my mum in the kitchen, but I don't think I understood how much of an effect watching my mum had on a kitchen in the kitchen had on me until yeah. I was much older. For the most part, I, I attributed my love and passion for food to the my love of consuming food, and I got away with it for so long because I could eat, I could, I could eat a whole mountain and not put on an, a tinier spins bit of weight like literally didn't put on any weight anytime I had a very fast metabolism as a child so I was skinny all the time but I ate a lot and as I grew kind of ended up in the 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 this monster of a world everything always kind of went back to me cooking so early teen years mm, no mid to late teen years helping my mum run her business yeah. she used to cater for a cafe or a few cafes in central London and she used to literally just cook jollof rice for them and take them to yeah cook jollof rice for them and sell it to the these these cafes so they'd buy from her in bulk doing that for a very long time and I did that with her for for pretty much like mid to late teens it was what I did with her and then we fell out so to speak and I went off to uni and I did what I had to do and one of my first things after or just before I graduated was like no even while I was at uni I used to just cook all the time friends would come around had a very very small scale someone would say oh woman, can I get some jollof rice and I'd cook some jollof rice for them and so one of my first things that I wanted to pursue was like a little jollof thing out there because this was in High Wycombe so there was it was a market for it in theory didn't go through with that you know kind of went into work do you, you know when like when you have an idea but you feel like you don't know how to pursue it so you're just like oh leave it and my main concern at that point was having a roof over my head being able to pay rent being able to pay the bills and then there wasn't like this drive for self it was very much a just I had a I had a young child and I just I had to do what I, I did what I felt like I had to do then I'm doing normal work, I think I was working at like a car rental company or something like that. And then I moved and then I always say this, every kind of time that I've been in a place where I think, oh, I'm going to find this job and everything's going to go well, I always just kind of, there's like this magnet that just drags me back to food in some shape or form. And so keep in mind my first idea for a food business was 2015, 2016. It was kind of a long time coming, I just hadn't sat down to put energy into it and when you don't put energy into something you know it's kind of hard for you to see it there it's there you just it's it's not clear it's like you'll see it's like imagine a foggy night and and that thing is all the way there but you can't quite see it it. yeah um and instead of you to sit down and like wait for the fog to go you're just like oh i can't bother then you go away and you walk away from it what i kept doing from like that 2015 16 time up until what 2018 where i've really put my all into it and Mm -hmm. i often look at that and think imagine if i had started then where i'd be now but then also we don't do that because everything kind of works out the way it needs to work out but saying there's a saying I think it's like where you start is your morning so it's you know it's idea of want you yeah where you jump in that's a new day so Mm -hmm, thinking before back yeah and yeah so that's kind of so my love for food comes from consumption but in the grand scheme of things the signs for me being able to do this have always been there it's just it took a few years for me to actually get there, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. What I want to talk about is where you are now. So, I, you know, mm-hmm. you said you just launched a product range and there's also been a rebrand. 
Now, this mm-hmm. is something we've done during a pandemic. So what has, you know, what has the pandemic been like for your business and how did you get to this product um, range and launching it? That's a very funny question. 2018 finished, went into 2019. 2019 was a really good year. And we're getting into the start of 2020 and I'm getting loads of things coming in and people saying they want me to do this big exhibition and this big thing. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm looking at it and I'm doing like projections. I'm like, whoa, at this rate, like 2020 is going to be, you know, four figure months across the board. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm trying to plan, I'm like, you know, by halfway through the year, I'll do this and this and this. And then three months into 2020, everything was like, mm, no, no, actually, COVID said, pause, everybody pause. And I was like, wow. So I'm getting, I remember this March, was it early March? And I'm getting, you know, oh, we're just holding off on payments until we can confirm with this thing. Yeah, we don't think we'll be going through, I'm just getting those emails coming in. And every time one of those emails came in, it was a little, like a little bit of me, my heart was just taken. And it just, I fell into like this really deep sadness, which kind of turned into like a depression. And I think for me, it was a lot harder to maneuver because there was no security for me at all they were, you know like everyone was like oh well work's closing and and like my, my dad kept saying to me well just keep in mind that everyone is going through it but I think the mistake we all made in saying stuff like that was that everyone is living through the pandemic but everyone is not going through it the same way yeah um, not everyone had that level the same kind of level of security depending on where you were in life and like what you did and et cetera, et cetera. In my case, I was a single mom working for myself. And I remember at the start of 2020, I kind of said to myself, what I'm going to do for this year was my plan for 2020. I was doing like cover work in schools. And the reason I was doing that was because it was very flexible. They'd call you and they'd say, oh, can you cover a school today? If I didn't have a booking or any a booking I was working towards that week, I'd be like, yeah, I can do a three day booking. And so it just kind of allowed me to balance like, okay, I can make a bit more money that I can put into the business, but still run the business simultaneously. And all of that was just cut short at the same time. Schools closed. Businesses (laughs) closed. Businesses at a halt. So like all the other like corporate bookings and things that I had, everything just kind of went from right under my feet. And it was like, there was no financial security in the in the the cover work job because it wasn't like a contract or anything there's no obligation for anyone to help as a business i was a sole trader and i didn't have tax records because the business this was what early 2020 i started in 2018 i think i officially registered properly and did everything properly in 2019 like late 2019 so there was no to, to apply for certain things you needed one year this and that that I didn't have yeah. any of that. so as much as everyone was going through it it came at a time where there was there was no security for me to cut there, there's no point going around and around but there was literally no security for me so I was like yo I'm effed so mm-hmm. like, I was yeah there was nothing for me in that moment and everything felt so daunting 
like my daughter was now off school so I was now having to look and do this yeah. little person every day and apparently I was meant to homeschool her I laughed so hard because that did not happen an ounce in my house yeah everything was just what it was it was it was too much and I remember like I'd have my mum I'd speak to like my mum or my dad and everyone was just you know everyone's trying to say the affirming words and like it's okay we're all going through it because I think at first everyone just kind of thought it was gonna blow over yeah and what I was doing was looking at like the Chinese and how it had kind of gone about gone down in China and I was like "Mm, this ain't going nowhere guys you've all read this wrong but I think also doing that really put me in a place of wow if I'm going to be realistic based on the research I've done, what is the point for me? And so from like that March, so my daughter's eight, how old is she now? Nine. That her eighth birthday <laughs> fell on the first official day of like the official lockdown. So Boris Johnson, oh, wow. made, he made his announcement on the 23rd, Denise's birthday is the 24th. And so everything that I'd planned for her birthday got cancelled, bar one thing, which was lucky because it was, it was a, my, my friend Alika owned a studio. So she was able to let us do like the studio recording that I'd planned for her. But after Denise's birthday, I just felt like crap. I honestly... I didn't see the point in anything. I was just like, what's the point? I can't do this. I can't do that. And I just went into this really, really dark place for like the next four to six weeks. And then I had a conversation with Bola Soul. And like, it was like the first time I'd ever, like 2019 was the first time I'd ever considered like sorting out my finances. And then I can't even remember. I think she, I don't remember that, but there was a series of events that led to a conversation and she put me in touch with a lovely lady called Nina who runs a catering business a really really amazing catering business and I had a brief conversation with her and she just let me know what she was doing and how she had pivoted and I think for her it wasn't very much of a pivot so to speak because it was very in line with what she did already but she had the knowledge and the resources to figure it out pretty quick and off the back of the conversation with Bolo and the conversation with Nina I planned a few things and I just I was just like yeah you, you're not just you gonna just stop. Here, you know? yeah. yeah and that's how like the home delivery service thing started up in about I think this was like towards the end of literally the last week of April was when I did like the first one and for the following what two months I was making a lot of money on like a weekly basis and I was like rah and you were really just ready to throw in the towel. Yeah. Because of a pandemonium. No, girl. <laughs> you can't do that. Pandemics no. come and go. Um, it might take a while, but they come and go. Taking a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was very much my my that was my first pivot, so to speak. So I did that for the next few months. And the first two months of it, or the first month and a half, was really good then so that was may june and then you know we got to like july august where they were like things are opening up and then we got to the the help out and everything kind of went down but i'd been pretty sensible with my money and stuff so i was i was okay i wasn't feeling like oh my god everything is finished for me yeah and then we got to september 
So August came and I had two barbecues. Mm. Yeah. I had a barbecue in August, I had a barbecue in September. I was like, oh, it's okay, mm. we're opening up. And then what, September came and the kids went back to school for a little bit and then they were like, no, we're stopping, we're shutting everything down again. And I was like, how? We're back here. And then I was like, yeah, so what we're not going to do is allow that to happen again. So I was like, okay, Black History Month is next month. What are we doing? And end of September, I was like, yeah, we're doing online cook-alongs for my okay. clients emailed all of them all the corporate clients that I'd done in both 2019 and 2018 and I was like yeah this is what we're doing book us and they booked very amazing <laughs> because for what I was offering and what I was putting together keep in mind like I said to you at the start very much a I've not done this before I had no idea how I was going to do a cook along but we were going to cook along and one of my first bookings was Deloitte I built a really great relationship with my contact at Deloitte and it turns out that he's also the cousin of one of my childhood best friends oh, um, small, small world <laughs> like the conversation we're having the other day literally and it was just so weird like we were chatting on Twitter one day and my friend hopped in and she's never on Twitter and she was like oh you're you part of my cousin? I was like how do you guys know each other and she's like that's my cousin I was like no way so yeah so he's very much just always been in my corner and I was like okay between me and you thank you for booking but I have I don't idea. Know how, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this setup like do you know and he was like, yeah, I know exactly what you could do. And he was like, come round, I'll set you up, da 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 You just need to get a phone and a, and a small tablet and this and the other. So I go to him and I'm like, uh, I've not ordered a tablet. I was hoping that we could decide on which one to buy. He was like, oh, I thought you were going to say that. And he pulled out an Amazon box and he had a tablet and he bought it for me. He would like, take this. Oh, my God. Wow. And I was like, and like I say, there are always these little things that just remind me that there's always people in your corner that are going to help you. Um, yeah. as long as you're open to constantly receiving that I have this thing where I'm just very honest in every kind of situation I'm just like I hope my honesty will allow you to be like okay because you've been honest with me I can help you I'll out. be gracious and, yeah and it's never failed me I think the first time that I ever kind of felt the need to do that was I'm just going to reverse a little bit this was like a turning point for me was a time that I went to a job interview and they had like an Excel test that I had no idea we were going to do. So I'm there doing the basic ones that I know how to do. And the guy comes in, I was like, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't finish it because I didn't know how to do it, but I'm a very quick learner. And he was like, yeah. okay, and I got the job. And in that moment, I was like, you know what, yeah, sometimes being brutally honest, but frank, brutally honest in like a very polite and, and frank and vulnerable way will get you places. And that's something that I've stuck with. So in that moment, I did that with him and he was like, oh, I felt like you were going to do that. And he gave me a tablet, set me up, showed me how to use a software called OBS, which is basically a broadcasting software, which allows you to split cameras and do this and do all these other things. Wow, like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I went on Google, like once you tell me one thing, will you teach me one thing? I can expand I, I, that I, knowledge base. Yeah, I will expand that knowledge. I sat on YouTube and I was like, how do I do an OBS? I saw you could add banners and this and put your... I said, perfect. I designed a whole setup. Spent days on Canva and OBS just... I sorted it out. And so when it came to the day of his cook-along and he saw it, he was like, I'm so proud of what you've done with yeah. what I showed you. I was like, I am so grateful that you you woke up and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with it. absolutely no obligation, and he did from the goodness of his heart. So yeah, so the cook alongs were my next pivot, and they went amazing. And I kind of 
I remember setting out very much like I'd done in 2018 when I came up with the info deck. I came up with the info deck for cookalongs and I was waffling. Yeah, we're going to offer you this and we're going to offer you that. And we're going to do this and this and this. And it starts from these prices. And I put my extravagant prices there because I kind of have an idea of what corporate clients will pay. Yeah. I was like, this one starting from, you always have to say starting from, so that when you yep. know who's actually coming your way, you know how to inflate or deflate. You know? <laughs> starting from... <laughs> and I just put these extravagant prices and then companies came rolling in. They were like, yeah, so we want to do a cook-along, but we want you to present all the ingredients. I was like, oh, that's another layer. That's that's a whole, like, I'd put it on the thing, but I didn't really think anyone was going to go for that package. They went for that package. I was like, okay, okay, wonderful. Oh, we're doing this. <laughs> so I was like, boxes. I need to find the right packaging boxes. I need to find out which, which delivery service is going to do it in 24 hours and the food's not going to get messed up. I need to figure this, this, that, and the other. And I did it all because it's what I did. It's what I've always done. And I reckon it's probably something I'll always be able to do. So I executed. I remember there was a week where I did a total of, 60 boxes wow. that were delivered to different clients across two different companies like, and that year that that year I made more money than I'd made in the other two but I was like in a pandemic oh, oh. I'm a genius <laughs> so that month where are we now so this was last year yeah. so that black history month yeah. I didn't leave my house I made the amount of money in that one October that I'd made in the whole of 2020. In the whole of so the month, No, 2020. So from okay. January through to September, what I'd made in that whole nine-month period, I made in one month. And wow. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna figure this, I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm gonna figure it out. The funny thing with 2020 was that was the year that I had said to myself, I'm going to launch sources. Sources had come about very much from a long-term plan of my mum's that she never really got to see through for so many reasons. That was what I was meant to do in 2020. Then the pandemic happened. I was just like, yeah. oh, down the back burner. And then we get to the October of 2020 and I finished Black History Month. And I'm like, you know what? You're seeing all these other companies pivot and they're doing their milk kits and their this is and their that. And I was just like, you know what? There's that one idea you've been sitting on. And if the last year has taught you anything, it's just do it. Like, yeah. Just do Go it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. But more time for you, for me speaking for myself, for me, it always works. Like I've rarely done something that hasn't worked in my favor. So after Black History Month or even during Black History Month, I was like, okay, what other ways can I make money? So I was doing the, I started doing the private dinners. Um, And the private dinners, for instance, was an idea I'd had from the February before that. Because I remember putting out a post on Instagram. I was looking through my Instagram and I put out a post in what, February of 2018 saying or was it february of 2019 i can't remember one of the two but saying that we are offering private dinners and nobody got in contact with me i'm like okay it's okay it's fine it's no problem because sometimes if you've not done something it's it's all right people are not going to necessarily take them and so my first private dinner booking came from from black ballad so toby yeah yeah, toby and bola so it was for toby's birthday and that was early november Yes, I think I was somewhere in Instagram yeah. talking. There. Yeah, <laughs> that was early November. And then off the back of that, so many inquiries. And it was just 
last year just taught me to constantly put yourself out there and pivot and execute any idea you have in your mind so I'd, I'd come up with the cook along before I'd done a cook along you know I had bookings yeah. and it worked itself out I'd thought of the 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 private dinner from dinners. February of 2019 it came about in November I executed it you know you're gonna put yourself on the line for one person but it's gonna pay off like what they paid for their private dinner and what my clients pay now two completely different things but it made sense in the time it was it was a necessary avenue to take yeah. and then I was like you know what you've done these three these two things and you've said you're gonna do it and you're, you're toyed with the idea but when you put it out there it's come to fruition and it's worked and you've executed it amazingly mm-hmm. what is holding you back from something that you've been planning on doing way before this pandemic came about and that was it for me I was just like yeah I'm gonna figure it out and that's how ABK Cooks kind of came about but with ABK Cooks like I said it was an idea my mom had in what the early or the late 2000s she always said she was gonna bottle her jollof sauce she put it in a bottle it's funny because we actually used to bottle our jollof sauces but like we'd make the we'd bottle everything separately and then when we'd make it it would be from bottle right. yeah and then the, she went through a phase where she was like oh but imagine if we just it bottle you would in you know you look at Dormio and all those other companies and they're doing it so that i think you know without kind of knowing how to research things on the internet and you know not having people like you in the industry that you can just go to and talk to and ask about these things and not knowing kind of how to maneuver those industries and and those circles for someone like my mum as as capable as she is I just thought she she just maybe felt it was too much work maybe it just wasn't didn't know where to start yeah you know when you do, when you don't know how to do those things sometimes it's just daunting yeah. it feels yeah um, overwhelming yeah very and so I was just like yeah so I'm gonna do it and. I remember the first time I actually bought jars. I'm looking down there because they're the first set of jars I bought. And I bought those jars in twenty, the start of 2019. Yeah. Just to kind of give you an idea of like how far back, how long a journey thinking it's been. about this. And those jars have sat there. They're not even the jars that I went with in the end because my vision changed. But those jars are still sitting in the box with the little labels that I put in them I was like this is going to be for this sort so first one I picked up this one oh, says sources wow. but these were like the first jars like you know when you've like yeah I'm going to put something in jars you just yeah. go for the basic jars like I didn't have like a brand vision or a brand image in mind I was just going for like the basics those jars have been sat there for going on two years wow. so almost two years later we now have this the birth of this idea this brainchild and so I was just like you know what this year or last year I've done and I've done and I've done and it's worked so we're going to keep doing and doing and doing until we get to a point where nothing works and I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point so yeah and then ABK Cooks was born and that was the launch that I did last weekend yeah it was it was was over the weekend because I yeah yeah, it was over the weekend because I remember being in Uber and making sure I placed my orders I appreciate that so much. Like, for you. If I go online and the sauce, because I say so there's this pepper sauce that we make, um, <laughs> and I was lucky enough to do one of her cook along. I did it over Valentine's with a friend because we just thought, you know what, let's one support a black business, but also let's just do something, you know, for each other. Or oh, I treated my friend, and everything comes and it's, it's so professionally packed. And the fact that you had to pivot so quickly, and the packaging I got is, you know, it looks really professional, it's well done, and all the food came Thank along you. with it and there was this jar of this red sauce and you know I'm you know being also Nigerian I was like you know I've you know I've had red sauce this time it's gonna be great and 
I remember warming up the sauce, putting it on my plate and dipping a piece of yam into it. And I was like, wow. And I had my mum try it because I just had to make sure. And my mum was like, wow. And I was like, okay. Because like, I, I remember right after this, me, I, I right after the cook along, I send Wumi a DM and say about this red sauce. And I didn't, this is before I knew she was launching a product range. I was like, so about this red sauce, can you send them in this? I'm going to be selling them soon. And I feel like every like other week since then, I'm like, so when is this coming out? Because I'm, I'm like I want to make this I want to put some seafood in this I want to make some jello fries with this like, like I want to do so many like in my head I have like a list of recipes I, I want it that's how good this sauce is so this is me taking a moment to say go on her website right into this episode and just order I mean order everything but the red sauce go for it because honestly it will change your life <laughs> yeah so that's kind of how it, it it came about and I think with you saying that about the red sauce in the box I think the boxes that I did for like history month for the corporate clients and the ones that I did for Valentine's Day allowed me to that was kind of like my market research accidentally but so unintentionally but it worked out so like that was the first time I'd ever made the jollof seasoning blend and I'd always had it in my mind but I was like I know the seasonings I use for jollof rice and what gives my jollof rice a flavour it has. Put it So when they say, like, you want to do a cook-along for jollof, I was like, am I going to send them all the seasonings separately? No. So I put it all together, put it in a jar, bottled it. And I'd get messages at the end, like, oh, my God, the cook-along was amazing. Oh, where can we get this jollof seasoning? And I was like, okay, I'm onto something. No problem. Cool. Noted it down. The same thing happened with the red pepper sauce. You messaged me, like three or four other clients messaged me saying, oh yeah, this red pepper sauce, I want some more. I was like, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> but those moments were moments of validation for me. It was like, it was my way of testing if it works because the reception from it out of not saying or stating that it was a particular thing or it was a test or anything, the organic response to that was enough to tell me that I was onto something. So hearing you say that was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I figured it out. I'm getting there. <laughs> We're working. It's a working process, but that that's kind of just how it's come about. So it's, everything has... The journey so far has kind of been the setup to this and this is just going to be the setup to the next thing that I now mention and so on. Amazing. So like my final question is a lot of, when I speak to a lot of people, you know, for them production is mostly outsourced in terms of, you know, packaging and producing, but you've created um, and packaged products or within the pandemic, what, what has it been like doing it on home on home ground and how have you, you know, been able to execute in the way that you have? Yeah, so like you said, everything, nothing for me has been outsourced. Everything I've done myself at home with either my daughter, my friends, my mom, anyone I can rope in, quite frankly. Um, for me, it's like you look around my house and there is packaging everywhere. Up there, there are boxes and containers. Behind me, there are jars hampers boxes all sorts in the living room the living room's not in the living room anymore so it's very much just been a thing of there's a lot of trial and error that goes into it because it's like i i, I don't okay so i have a background in product design okay so to an extent i have the base knowledge like i kind of know most times what i want and what would work for most things because of my degree but it's still very much trial and error so i will sit on the on on the internet searching different types of boxes what works what boxes works best for this what you know how to keep certain things cold you know the like the the valentine's boxes that you got they were like in foil liners with a yeah. ice pack inside it 
but it's it's very much a it's one looking at how other people are doing things and two I think my knowledge my 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 academic knowledge has kind of trickled down into it so it's allowed me to figure out how to produce things on like a kind of a greater scale how to package things effectively and yeah so my knowledge mix with just trial and error is kind of what has, has gotten me there so now like going into the sources I have like an outhouse that I'm trying to kind of do up and turn into a production area for now until I figure out like the next steps in like in terms of mass producing for the for the next goal and all of that is very much going to be done with hand and, and done with you know it's all going to be hand done I suppose and, and and done on a small scale but the aim is for it to, to get so overwhelming that it can no longer be done on a small scale and then we outsource and we go to like the next level but I think it's really important to do these things step by step as opposed to trying to go from oh yeah I just got you know 25 orders now I need to look at outsourcing no you don't even at 100 orders you still you're not there just yet you know when when a supermarket calls me and say they want to do a bulk order then we're going to be like okay now we're ready Um, (laughs) but it's very much my knowledge and just you know just wanting to figure things out and I'm a perfectionist as well so I don't mm, the way things are packaged and the way they look really important to me and and that's kind of what I have to put out into the world as well because everything in all my business ideas everything that kind of turns into something is very much a how would I like it to be Um, and I think that that kind of speaks to my taste in many things because it needs to look a certain way and feel a certain way and and I want you to like be opening the box and go ooh that's cool and oh my god yes, what's that yes. and how do they do that is what I want that's how that's how I feel when I'm opening some of my favorite things and I just feel like it's 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 amazing to put that out there and to actually get that because it's one thing to have that expectation of that's what people should say and it's another thing to actually get that response so yeah that's just that's how I'm everything is it's trial and error figuring everything out as I kind of go along but also using my knowledge and using my the things I like to kind of guide me yeah amazing thank you so much for me I feel like your journey honestly I don't know that I would have gone through that stress but I feel like again I'm a consumer of food not particularly (laughs) (laughs) not particularly a maker but in you know in terms of that entrepreneurial spirit and you know persevering through you know the start of the first month but also the pandemic and I think seeing how you pivoted and how you grew and redesigned and restructured the business I was like watching this you know as someone who has experienced your product I was like this is so fascinating to me especially you know seeing the high standard of the execution because across the pandemic I've you know used your service twice and every time I've been Mm. like wow this is great and I've been able to share with other people and they've had the same response and I think Mm -hmm. that's a great thing to see but also because I know that you're doing this from what most would consider a small space but it's like what's coming out you know this might be this might seem like a small space but it's it's mighty essentially it's you know yeah <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing the most if there's a tagline for a business I'm doing the most yours because oh my god <laughs> it's amazing uh, so what we're going to go on to now is what's hot in industry and usually I give you know guest facts or I give them little sorts of quotes from the second industry however I'm going to flip it on you today because you have been out there you've you know you're mm-hmm. talking 
customers, you're um, doing these private dinners, you're creating product. What do you see? Or what are you seeing that's a trend in the food industry for for consumers? Which what trends do you think are going to have longevity and which do you think are going to be short term? So one thing that I think is like the biggest trend so far at the moment is like the recipe kits in the meal. I think some some companies have figured out that that's for the past what year and a half it has worked so well for so many companies. So like prepackaged food or food that it's it's real easy to put together for anyone on a step by step thing. It's something that some companies have been doing for a while. Like yeah. Hello Fresh Gusto, you know, they they were here before the pandemic, that like they yeah. have four sides. And then there's some that have just come and they have they have absolutely taken the the meal kit and recipe kit kind of market by storm. Like there's a company called Juicy Jerk and what they are doing is oh. amazing off off the charts, what they are doing. Like Chukus London, they kind of pivoted and they're now doing that on like a nationwide scale and I think it does have longevity it's a tough one because you're like oh the world's gonna start opening up and people want to gonna want to go to going to want to go to restaurants but at the same time there are a whole there I'm sure there's still a lot of people that you know you're now at a place where okay so Chukus is they only have one place in London but yeah. if I'm in Manchester I can now taste their food so there is definitely it's going to change the way people eat and you know review foods and stuff just because it's like you're now not held by down by a location yeah it's not like I cannot taste this food until I'm in London it's a okay I'm not in London but I can get it I can get it to me so I really think that's a trend that's here to stay for now but there's also a part of me that's like oh when everywhere really does open up properly will it still be there but like I said I think the fact that people that are not within that local area will still get that can still get that experience and it's the thing that will keep it here for quite a while Oh, amazing. Yeah, I think having tried, you know, I've done a hello for I thought I've done every mailbox really at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, um, just because I ran out of recipe ideas. And I think, you know, it's this idea also of understanding that you can actually make you know, all these meals that you're probably daunted by having, you know, the recipe sources set aside for you um, mm-hmm. has been quite interesting. And I, I actually really hope that it has longevity because I think it's introduced a lot, a lot of people to, you know, their culinary skills. I think the kitchen's a place that some people might be quite afraid of where you're like, actually, yeah. you know, if you just, if you're just a bit patient and if you have a recipe and you stick to it, you can create something um, yeah. edible. <laughs> no, it's not mm-hmm. going to be so it's going to be great I've had some I've had some hits and misses but it's because I always try and put my own flavor on things I'm very naughty in the kitchen and a bad thing depending okay amazing fantastic just to close off the episode I think you know your story is one of just like expect the best and it will work out because even when the worst has happened you've expected you you know you've gone you've gone ahead you kept going you kept going I just want to say what are the expect or what are your goals for Angry Black Kitchen, you know, in the next let's say six months to you see my I have a I have a slight issue with goals and goal setting. Um okay. I think it puts a bit too much expectation. Not expect too much pressure. I think expectations kind of set you up for disappointment sometimes because sometimes what you expect or how you expect something to go is not how it's going to go, but that doesn't mean the way it's going is wrong. So yes, I have I have goals. I don't know if there's a time frame on them because if it doesn't work out in that 
period that I have in mind, it doesn't mean it won't work two or three months further down the line. Does that make sense? So I definitely, you know, the end goal for something like ABK Cooks is 100% to, to have it stocked in supermarkets. And that is definitely something I want. I have a date in mind, like for one. one of 2022. But if it doesn't happen then, but it's still on the path to happening, whether it's like quarter four or 2022, I'm still happy with that. Yeah, so just ABK Cooks becoming something that is... I want it to be the brand you think of the way you think of Dormio's or, you know, Lloydsman sauces and stuff like that. Like, I want it to be that sauce that changes and introduces everyone to authentic West African cooking and ingredients and foods and the, and the way it's used and it's so versatile. So, yeah, that's that's the... The main goal for ABK Cooks um, and Angry Black Kitchen and, and Angry Black Kitchen as itself, it's very much a thing where all things food, like I said at the start, is really just my thing, whether it's creating food content or, you know, sharing recipes with the world or, or teaching people how to cook certain things like that, like I do in my cook-alongs, etc. That is, that is just all things food, anything that kind of pertains to food. And sharing it with the world is is very much the vision I have for Angry Black Kitchen. How that manifests itself, if anything, I've learned in the past year is it's going to manifest itself in so many different ways as long yeah. as you're open to it. And I'm open to it. <laughs> so, you know, whatever kind of comes my way, if I look at it and I look at the the trajectory for it and it works for me um, and it's in line with my values and what I want for Angry Black Kitchen, then I'm going to try it out amazing fantastic thank you so much for spending this like hour and a half sharing your story <laughs> because when I think about what you've done just across three years I'm like this is I need to go and like work harder or something <laughs> <laughs> it's a lesson in passion and I think understanding where your passion lies and just sitting in it you know even when it doesn't feel like you know it's going well it's like am I passionate yeah. about this am I connected to this do I do I see this you know bringing yeah. me you know not just happiness also income because I think that's quite that's quite important for the position that you you are in and wow I'm so like I'm so glad to see Angry Black Kitchen grow I'm so excited to get my package and yeah I'm just so excited to also see where you pivot to when we open up outside again because I think yeah. you know I, I want to see like a live cooking session on you know on a stage outside somewhere this is me now just manifesting things for the business <laughs> you know what I'm accepting it all <laughs> um I want to you know I want to go to events and you know get a sample of you know mm -hmm. and kitchen food so I'm, I'm really excited to see you know how you pivot the business when we are back outside and you know seeing what where people's attentions move to because I think you are an example of understanding where people are and meeting them there, but meeting them at a standard that's excellent and a standard that's very authentic to yourself because mm -hmm. you know, the food is always, you know, tied back to the West African heritage. And like, that's just yeah. true. Just to close out, can you just let people know where to find you on socials and your website? All right. So website is www.angryblackkitchen.co.uk really simple <laughs> and you can find me on instagram angry black kitchen facebook angry black kitchen i'm forgetting somewhere instagram facebook youtube oh, angry oh. black kitchen there's not much there mm, my twitter is mm, my twitter is personal you you can hashtag angry black kitchen on twitter if you want to see some of my stuff but instagram is your safest space to be um <laughs> yeah that's that's really it you can find me in those places and just to go off what you said i do have a pop-up coming up on the 22nd of may if this is out before then then 
you guys can come and find me in Deptford at a location called Soulbox London. But if you do follow me on Instagram, you will get more do yeah, you will get more details on that on there. Yeah, and you know, if you're interested in tasting some of Angry Black Kitchen's, you know, sauces and spices, just go on the website and you can shop right now. Leave a review. Let us know how you find, you know, the food, the yes, seasonings. Please. And thank you so much for joining us again, Wimmy. And thank you it's so much for well. Thank you.